good. She's amazing. They got fired. Double, double baloney. Found out how much I really enjoyed party. <laughs> Damn it, Big Daddy. As my wife says, he has a very punchable face. And I know Michelle, she never lived in Texas. In the future, it's very bright, Michelle. Let's start the interview. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Today's guest is a Pennsylvania native, a highly athletic young man, who has made a career out of what we'll call a little joke between buds. Let's welcome in professional caddy, Colton. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Colton, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. How's the day going? Good. I uh, just got back from the golf course a little bit ago. Um, we're in Detroit this week for the PJ Tour event, so oh, got nice. a little practice. Yeah, got a little practice in today and uh, ready to go. Nice. That's that's my stomping grounds right there. I'm from Hell. Is it? Yeah, I'm from Hell, right. Michigan. Uh huh. Yep. So awesome. I'm I'm somewhat familiar with the Detroit area, so that's excellent. That's very cool. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Well, we'll jump right into it um, so I don't take up too much of your time because I'm sure you want to get relaxed for the evening. Um, no, no worries. Welcome to Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. Thanks so much for taking some time to join me here. Um, as mentioned, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes talks to those who work behind the scenes of the sporting industry. And as a professional caddy, I think you fit the bill quite well. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and let you take the floor and... Tell us about how you got to this spot, and I'll ask questions along the way. Awesome, sounds good. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, and yeah, it's been fun. Um, I didn't really set out to kind of end up in this profession, but I played college golf for a year in Division three. Um, didn't really, I mean, I was okay, but never was good. And then transferred schools. School was really small. Didn't love it there. Um, transferred to Westchester University, which is like a half hour outside of Philadelphia. Um, pretty like wealthy area there. So there were a couple country clubs. Uh, started caddying there in like the summers um, during my college college years. And the one summer, uh, my buddy and I, it was kind of slow at the club, and we were kind of bored. And we're like, all right, let's see if we can go caddy like a tournament somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we called down to Colleton River, which is down in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And they were hosting the U.S. Junior Amateur at the time. And so we called down and we're like, hey, we would love to come down and caddy. Do you guys still need caddies? They were like, yeah, we need need a bunch, actually. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, we'll come down, but only if we can pick our players. Like, we thought we were like, we're like, oh, if we're going to drive that far, we might as well at least make sure we have someone good. So right. we're like looking up these like 14 and 15 year old kids to see who like we thought was good <laughs> uh, from the list of guys that they gave us. And it's pretty funny. So I gave my buddy, he got uh, Eugene Hong, who was uh, this young kid who ended up playing, I think, at Florida. Uh, they actually made television. They were in the semifinals. And I, uh, I picked Sahe Sagala, who has now turned out to be, he ended up being the number one player in college and now is out on the PJ Tour. So it's pretty funny yeah. um, that it kind of worked out like that. And then so from there, I caddied a few other amateur tournaments for Sahe. And then he, he was in college and the U.S. amateur was at Oakland Hills out in, out in Michigan. And so I had asked us if he had somebody and his college coach was going to caddy for him that week. And I was like, okay, perfect. 
And he's like, but I have a buddy from California who like I play some golf with and he's, he's really good. He's in high school. And I'm like, all right, perfect. Yeah. If you want to set me up with him, that'd be awesome. And so that ended up being Matt Wolf. Um, so caddied for Matt there and just got to know some of the guys that were playing am golf at that time and became friends with Sam Burns and, um, one of his, one of his, uh, buddies who caddied for him during amateur golf. And so I graduated college. I moved down to West Palm beach and was caddying at a club down there. And so I was actually on a club caddying loop at the time and Sam calls me and he, they were in the Bahamas for his first start as a pro. Well, on the corner on the web.com tour at the time, I think he had played a couple of PGA tour events prior to that. But so he calls me and he's like, Hey, can you get to the Bahamas in three days? And I'm like, uh, I mean, I don't really have my passport. Like I'll have to figure it out. Like who's it for? And he's like, Oh, Max Homa, his caddy bailed on him. I'm like, well, that's, I mean, Max is pretty good. So I'll try and figure this out. And so I talked to Max and I couldn't get there for the first event. So I got my passport expedited down to me. I actually went and had to get, had to get it renewed. And I was in Miami on like a Wednesday, I believe, and flew out to the Bahamas for the second event, like Thursday morning. <laughs> so it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Yeah. And so that was my first, first event on, uh, on any of the PJ tour sanctioned tours. And so that's kind of, kind of where I got my start. Um, caddied for max a little bit of that year. And then, uh, now this is, this is like five and a half years out between the corn Ferry and PJ tour. Okay. So what does a typical day look like? I mean, you, you said you just got back from practice just now. So like, mm-hmm. are you, how many practice days do they get? I don't, I'm not familiar with all that stuff. Fill us in. Yeah. So typically like typical tournament week, uh, Monday, typically like a travel day. Um, obviously if you either miss the cut the week before or you have the week off, you might fly in on like Sunday night, um, and get there and maybe play nine holes or do something on Monday. But typically Monday's travel day, you get in, you might register at the golf course. Um, for us as caddies, like we might go walk the golf course and start to do like our preps and, make sure everything's good in the yardage book and make sure that we kind of have everything that we need for the week, uh, in terms of being prepared for tournament rounds and any questions that like our guy may have and just making sure that we know what's going on and have, have seen everything that we need to see. And then Tuesday, typically, um, you're going to play some sort of practice round, whether that's nine holes or 18 holes, um, and get some work in guys will, kind of chip and putt around the greens and do their thing. And you'll talk, you might talk about some tee shots and potential like wins or what you may have for the week. Uh, just depending on what direction it's going to be blowing or if it's going to be blowing hard. Um, and then Wednesday is typically the pro-am, which, so the tour players, some of them will be in the pro-am, some of them will not. And if you're in the pro-am, it's typically not just nine holes. So the four amateurs will play with two pros each for nine holes. And so if you're in that, you'll play that. Uh, Otherwise, you just practice. So like today, we got there at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock this morning, did a little bit of putting work, chipped a little bit, hit some balls, just make sure we just did some maintenance uh, swing-wise, just make sure we're good to go went, ate lunch, and then just did a little bit more before we left. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of a typical, like, pre-tournament prep. 
and then obviously the tournament starts on Thursday. So you'll either play in the afternoon or the morning on Thursday, and you'll play the opposite on Friday. So if you play in the afternoon on Thursday, you'll play in the morning on Friday. And then obviously they cut the field down after Friday. And if you're in the top 65 and ties, you make it to the weekend and play two more rounds. Okay. All right. So you mentioned something just now when you were talking. And so I have to apologize because I don't know very much about golf. So you're going to have to, <laughs> you're no, gonna have no to fill me in. Um, but so, and I work in professional bass fishing. So what you just like talked about as far as like Thursday, Friday, so like the tournament time, like that's very familiar. To, like that's how we do things. They fish full field Thursday, Friday, cut day Saturday, cut day Sunday. So that people that are listening that are familiar with fishing, they're going to get that. Um, but you know, obviously, um, being a caddy comes with a lot of different responsibilities. What specifically goes into like helping the golfer that you do other than just carry clubs around? So that sounds silly. Yeah, it's not, no, no. I mean, that's, I mean, I think most of the public perception is, is that, um, because if they've ever kind of been, if they've ever played at a country club or had a caddy, like they may not expect a whole lot from them. So it's, it's really, I mean, it's different at the tour level for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also different for each player. Like not every player wants the exact same things. I mean, there's definitely guys that just are looking for somebody to kind of hang out, carry the bag, um, be a good company. And I mean, the old saying was kind of like, show up, keep up and shut up. And oh. I mean, there's, there's still like a little bit of that. There's definitely certain guys that they're just looking, they kind of do their own thing. They make their own decisions. And I mean, ultimately all the players make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. They have the final say. I mean, they're the CEO of their company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it just really fluctuates uh, pending on each player. They all have their little nuances or things that they like, things that they don't like, um, how they like information given to them, what, what's, too much, what's too much information and what might not be enough. Um, so yeah, it really just, it's kind of, kind of a different player to player. Okay. So it depends on who you're caddying for, but for the most part, it's more than just carrying around clubs. You're helping them. You're more like a team member in a sense. Um, yeah, helping them make decisions on the course, you know, if they, if they ask for it, right. Like you said, everybody's kind of different. So if they're asking for your advice, then you can give it to them. Yeah, for sure. And obviously some guys, like I said, are much more willing to take, take direction and take information as opposed to others. So some guys, I mean, you might, you might do everything. You may get the number, walk off the number, kind of tell them exactly what you're thinking. And some guys just like to be told like, Hey, this is how far it is. This is where we're trying to hit it. And this is what I like. And they just, like making the golf swing. Um, but then there's other guys who you may have more of a conversation with and they might kind of give you their opinion. And if you, if it's not too far off of what you're thinking, you might just let them go. And if it is far off, you might ask them a question and try and lead them into, into what you're thinking. And if not, then you might have a little bit more of a conversation before that shot's it. That sounds very stressful though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yes. It do you ever get nervous when they ask you, what should I do here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think when I first got out on tour, I might've been a little bit nervous. And I, so I tell people, I tell people a story like the second tournament I ever caddied for Max, 
we were like tied for second going into the final round and we're out there playing and like obviously like final round pressure is different than the other rounds mm-hmm. and obviously when you're close to the lead it's different as well and obviously I'd never been in contention before in a tournament caddy mm-hmm. and so I'm like looking up the leaderboard like hold the hole like seeing how much money I think I'm gonna make like counting <laughs> checks and I'm pretty sure we shot like 77 that day and finished like 40th <laughs> so like oh. it was a little just it was a little disheartening but like it taught me a quick lesson that like no money is made until you finish on Sunday. So like you can't even think about it because that's just not, you're going to just run yourself so stressed and run yourself into the ground. If, if that's how you kind of think about the tournament and golf and look at it that way. Uh, so that was a very, very early lesson that I learned. Yeah. I would say, I would say kind of psych yourself up for that. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I've gotten a lot better since then. And uh, now, I mean, it's funny, like uh, working for Brandon now, he actually, he laughs sometimes because like, I just have, I have like no pulse on the golf course now. <laughs> so like when we're in contention, like he, he's all pumped up and kind of looks at me and I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, at man? this point, it's just, yeah, no, it's, I think sometimes it can help be a little bit of a calming influence for, for the player and know that I'm not over there in panic mode. Um, right. But it's funny because Brendan actually asked me to show a little bit more emotion after. So our first tournament together, we finished second this year. Nice. And we were talking afterwards. And he's like, yeah, feel free to show some emotion like when we're coming down the stretch there. And then we were actually fortunate enough to win the next week. So I kind of kind of let a little emotion out there, which was, okay. which was fun. Congratulations. Are you going to are yeah, you gonna win this one? <laughs> what do you think of the I, I mean, I would love. <laughs> I would love I would love to make make that prediction but uh I mean we're going to go out and give it our best shot for sure and obviously right. uh Brandon I mean he doesn't show up to a tournament if he doesn't think he could win he'd probably be uh picking a different job if that was right. the case. Right? And you so with with all that being said kind of going back to to where you started with all this obviously you have a background in golf so um what is different or similar from playing college golf to be in a caddy? Uh, yeah. I'm, for me, I, I was very like new to golf. Uh, I didn't really start playing like a lot until I was 16. I mean, I had clubs and had played with like my dad and family, mm-hmm. but didn't really, I played football until I was a sophomore and then kind of picked up golf. So it was very new to me. I was just kind of an athlete that figured out how to get the golf ball around the golf course. I wasn't like technically sound. I'd never really had a teacher or coach. So I really didn't know that much about the game. I just was like, I love this and this is great. Um, so really going into college golf, like I wasn't prepared for college golf at all. Um, I didn't play very well. I uh, didn't, like I said, having a coach now, it was weird because I was just so used to doing things on my own and like just, figuring it out and it wasn't like I said I wasn't technically sound was like the fundamentals weren't necessarily there so it was kind of hard for me um I kind of struggled with that but I knew I wanted to stay in golf like I loved the game and I loved like being around it so caddying kind of was like the easiest way to do that and honestly if I would have if I could go back now and play college golf and get back into it and practice and play again uh, I think I would be much better after seeing like how players on tour kind of do things and just the way they handle themselves and 
kind of like work their way and manage their way around the golf course. Um, I think that definitely would have been beneficial for me back then. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was good. It gave me a little bit of like knowledge about the game, but like I said, I just didn't, I didn't know a ton and I wish, I wish I would have in a sense for myself, Mm -hmm. but, but I've definitely, uh, definitely learned a lot and it's, it's helped my game. I don't play a ton anymore. Um, I actually just moved back down to Florida, so I'll start playing a little bit again since my winters won't be spent in the snow. Um, but so I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to kind of being competitive and probably playing in some smaller money games with some guys down there that I know. And yeah, so it'll be nice to kind of get back into it. There you go. Well, golf is uh, probably a lot different than football, I would say. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. Um, yeah, it was definitely, it was one of those things where I either needed to put on like 30 pounds or just take a different sport. So oh, no. I, just decided, I just decided to go play golf. <laughs> you had to put on, thir- I, I could put on 30 pounds easily. Tell me when yeah, I have I mean, to have I, it on. <laughs> I, I think I did. I think I did that well now, but it was just a few, few years too late. How you um, had you played football like up until that point, or was was football just like a high school sport that you played? Uh, yeah, so I think I started in like seventh grade. Okay, um, my parents wouldn't really wouldn't let me play before that, and then I was like kind of I just wanted to like give it a shot, and I knew the coach, and so I played like seventh to ninth grade. Um, but I played baseball and basketball like my whole entire. Um, like middle school, high school, growing up. So you, so you've been athletic your whole your whole career. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of been. I mean, I never played at a super high level, but like basketball. I mean, I was. Yeah. Our team wasn't great, um, but baseball. Yeah, I traveled around the country and played a lot of baseball growing up. So that was kind of my main sport until until I picked up golf and and honestly, baseball was just. I think I would have stuck with it a little bit more, but golf was just new and fresh and kind of had, it piqued my interest. So, um, I kind of had a decision to make there. I got you. And I don't, I think, I think it kind of led, led to a, led to a good future, but, um, there were definitely times where I regretted stopping playing baseball. Really? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, obviously I'm happy with where I am now in my career, so I don't, I don't regret it, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely was, tough at a certain point sure so did you when you played um golf in high school did you get a scholarship to go to college or you you just decided you were going to play golf in college um so I had like two really small division one schools that kind of told me I could come play they didn't have, I mean most of the small division one schools don't really have a ton of money in golf to like give out scholarships so mm-hmm. that wasn't really a thing um and but they said I could come. I had a roster spot, and I just decided to go to a Division three school because they had some academic money they gave me um, to come play on the team. So that was just a little easier in terms of the financials. Yeah, because college is expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's not a lie. So, so you, what college did you go to? I went to McDaniel College. It's in okay. Westminster, Maryland. Maryland, and that's yeah, where you were. Kind of in- born and raised uh so i was born and raised in like the it's dillsburg pennsylvania it's like 20 minutes outside of harrisburg um but mcdaniel was only like 50 minutes from there uh it's right across like the pa maryland border i feel like everything is close to pennsylvania (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know yeah, why. They're... This is totally off topic, but like everybody that I know from Pennsylvania, they're like, I go to New York or I go to Maryland. And I'm like, how is that? Like, that's not even anywhere near Pennsylvania. But yeah, so like Maryland, like I could get to Baltimore in like an hour and 20 minutes. It's actually like the closest like big airport to to my parents' house um, and where I grew up. And then like New York City was probably only three hours. Uh, Philadelphia was two, two and a half, and Pittsburgh was like three and a half. So like not very far from anything. DC was like two hours. Dang. See, I grew up in the middle of yeah, nowhere so. in Michigan where like everything, everything, I mean, even going up North Michigan was far. Like you could get to Ohio in an hour, but who wants to go to Ohio? Sorry, Ohio people. Like yeah. who wants to go there? <laughs> Nobody, You're not wrong. nobody yeah. that I know. I mean, yeah. so, so when I, when people say, Oh, it was only 50 minutes or it's only this. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But I live in North Carolina now. And I like just go to South Carolina to get groceries. It's not true, but you could, I mean, it's only 40 minutes away. So it's like, okay, whatever. I guess I get it now. But when I was little, I did not. So moving on from our geography lesson. Um, <laughs> so you grew up in Pennsylvania played division three golf and um, obviously like you mentioned when you moved, you moved down to West Palm beach. Is that where you're relocating now? Kind of back in that area? Uh, yeah. So I lived in West Palm right out of college. I was there for like eight months until I got on tour and then kind of moved back to my hometown mm-hmm. and I just relocated back down to Jupiter, Florida, which is like 20 minutes Jupiter. North of West Palm. Um, there's a lot of golfers that, live and play there okay um so it's just it's a little quieter than west Palm. i enjoy it a little a little better and uh yeah so just had had some connections down there and was was able to get back down there and it made sense so now you're full-time florida resident or you will i am well yeah i haven't i haven't switched everything yet but i think uh i think for income tax purposes that'll be uh, a, a very soon switch yeah for sure um, and does Brandon live down there as well? So will y'all be able to like practice together during off season and stuff like that? Is that a thing? Yeah. So he lives, he lives like 15 minutes south of where I'm at in Palm Beach Gardens. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, I mean, if, if he's ever playing golf and they've got an extra spot, whatever, sometimes I'll be able to join them. And obviously, yeah, if we go and practice or want to work on anything or anything's going on, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. So that I mean, that is a thing. Then they practice in the off season. Is there an off season? What's the off season? I have so many questions. Uh, there's a little bit of an off season. So like for us, our off season this year will be from like the second, third ish week of November uh, until like the second week of January. Um, but the season pretty much goes from January through November uh, if you play in like the fall wraparound season, which okay. we will this year. Okay. Um, but. It's like one of those where guys take weeks off too during the year. Um, like they'll take rest weeks. It's not like they're playing like 30 weeks in a row. Sure. And they have set, I know I already said this and I'm very not in tune with my golfing, but like they have a set schedule, right? Like you guys know where you're going ahead of time. Like you're going, like you're in Detroit now for a tournament and then next week you're mm-hmm. going to this place. So these are already set in like a year in advance, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part, um, on the PJ tour, like if you're a full PJ tour member, yeah, but you may not know exactly like what tournaments you'll get in because like how you play, like at the start of the year for some guys, like there's certain categories 
that like if they don't play well in the start of the year, they may not get in as many tournaments at the end of the year. So like they won't be able to set their schedule as much as like a top player, like a guy like Rory McIlroy, he has, he can play in whatever tournaments he wants. He's in everything. Like he can set his schedule from day one start of the year and know exactly what weeks he's taking off, what weeks he's playing where a guy who is like a hundredth out on the PGA tour, he may have to just kind of play in the tournaments that he gets into and the opportunities like that he's given. It's not like he can just say at the start of the year, like, Hey, I'm going to be in all these, like he's kind of got to earn his way into certain tournaments. And obviously if he gets into those bigger tournaments, he's going to then take off some of the smaller ones. Okay. I think I'm following. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very complicated in terms of like who has exactly what status. Like everyone thinks, like public perception is like, okay, I'm on the PGA tour. I can play in whatever tournament like I want right. where like some people will like ask me like, Oh, were you at the masters last week? And it's like, no, we didn't qualify. You have to be either top 50 in the world or have won on the PGA tour within the last two years. Um, so there's like qualifications for like the bigger tournaments like that. And that's something that a lot of people like in the public don't really understand. Um, And there's no way for them to, because it's not like it's, it's announced. I mean, obviously you can like look it up and find out those things, but it's not really like public knowledge um, for just the average golf fan. I'm, I'm, I'm the public knowledge person. So feel free to (laughs) bust the myths and make me look like an idiot. Cause I'm that person. I'm like, wait a second. What did you just say? They don't. Okay. I follow. I'm starting to follow. I get it. This is very educational and I appreciate it. So (laughs) they basically, and so correct me if I'm wrong on this, the PGA tour in itself is more like towards the end of the year, some of the tournaments are tournaments that you have to qualify for based on the tournaments they did earlier in the year. Yeah. So those tournaments kind of run throughout the year. So so like the like the technical start of the PJ Tour season will be in like the second or third week in September. So like we're coming up here on the end of the year. This is the second to last regular season event this week, okay. and then there'll be one more uh, next week in Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then the top 125 guys uh, on the PJ Tour for this year they they have retained their status for next year on tour. So like they have kept their PGA Tour card. And they advance to what's called like the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is like a three event series. So like the top 125 get in the first event. And then if you're not in the top 70, you don't get into the second event. So the top 70 will go to the second playoff event. And then the top 30 only go to the tour championship, which like those events are just like bigger purses. Like they get bonus money for making that. And then, but like at the start of the year, the guys who have like retained their status, they can play in all the events that aren't like considered a major, which would be like the masters, the U S open, the, the open championship, and then the PGA championship. And so then there's like invitationals too, that those guys might not get into, but other than that, they can play everything else where like somebody who like, so the, the PGA tour has what's called the corn Ferry tour. It's like triple a baseball. Basically it's mm-hmm. how you like get to the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. And so they give out, cards on that tour every year so 25 guys from the regular season will get their pga tour card through that tour and those guys are put into this category where so next year starting in september for that first 
first regular season event, those guys will have like seven events that they play until there's like a first, like it's called a reshuffle. So those guys will have a number in their category that they're in to start the year. But then after those seven events, depending how they played, like you could be 50th going into the year, play really well in those first seven events and be leading that category. So you'll actually shuffle up to number one in that category. So you'll now get into more events than the guys who haven't played well for those first seven events. Okay. If that makes any sense at all. A little bit. (laughs) I'm processing a little bit. So, and the, and the tournaments are, and this is also probably a dumb question, but like, are they just in the U S are you like you mentioned Uh, the Bahamas? So, yeah. So that's, so the Corn Ferry has the Corn Ferry Tour has four events outside the country. They start the year in the Bahamas and then they go to Panama and Colombia. Um, the PJ Tour has, I would say, probably eight to ten outside the U.S. Okay. Uh, that are like PJ Tour events. I know they go to like Bermuda, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Bermuda. the Dominican. Yeah. So Bermuda, that'll be a fall series event. It'll be sometime I think in late October, mid October, like early November. Um, but yeah, so they, yeah, they travel, travel quite a good bit, um, for certain events. And you get to go to all that? Uh, yeah, just depending on what events we'll play. But yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely be playing Bermuda and Mexico, I think this year. That's awesome. Have, where have you traveled thus far that's outside of the United States? Or you could, I guess you could say inside the United States. That's been your favorite. Um, so obviously like. The islands are cool. Uh, it's always nice to kind of get away, especially like the time of year that we go there, like the November, January, mm, February. It's mm-hmm. nice to, especially for me, having been from Pennsylvania and lived there. Right. Uh, that was always nice to kind of get away. Um, now that I'm in Florida, I'm sure I won't be as happy to leave, but. Well, you never know. <laughs> it'll still be good. Yeah. Change of scenery is always welcomed for the most part. Well, we're, we're very accustomed to that. <laughs> I get it. I get that for sure. So the islands are fun. What, what am I, what am I missing? What's an important, like, let's stomp the myth thing about being a caddy. Hmm. Obviously we know that you just don't carry around golf clubs. Although I yeah. guess some of the um, pros might want that, but that's not what you do. <laughs> so I think, for anyone who may come across someone who caddies or ends up talking to a professional caddy, whatever you do, just don't ask them what they make. That is like <laughs> the number, that's like the number one question we get because no really? one has any idea. Yeah. No one has any idea like how we make money or how everything's structured. And so instead of like asking like how we get paid, they just like, are like, do you make good money? And it's like, I don't know. Do you make good money? <laughs> you should tell them I work <laughs> off tips. I work off tips. Right. No, I mean, I always, buy, I always fire back that question, no matter who it is. It's like, if they ask that, I'm like, I don't know. What do you make? Yeah. Yeah. Let's change jobs, like, maybe. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. Cause like people don't understand kind of how that, how that works. So they're always intrigued by that, but they just, they just don't go about it in the, in the best sense. Yeah. But, nobody ever yeah, does. So, no. So most, so most caddies on tour, uh, you get, typically like a weekly salary from your player sure. which so you pay for all your own travel expenses which typically your weekly salary covers that plus some and then um you get a percentage of what the player makes um if you make the cut and play well 
Okay. And obviously everyone's, everyone's contract is different. You can negotiate that with your player, however you see fit. So, I mean, there's some guys, um, like top players in the world, they might just have their guy on like a yearly salary. They might get paid X every month or whatever they decide. Um, and then there's other guys that are just on like the normal weekly salary deal. And now, I mean, caddies are starting to get their own endorsements as well. So oh. that's been good. Um, okay. especially on the PGA, PGA tour. So little supplemental income in terms of that, uh, guys have hat sponsors and logos that they wear on their sleeves and whatnot. So it's been good, um, uh, because obviously the caddies on tour get on TV, uh, like when the players are on as well. So, there's definitely marketing that can be done there and um, companies have kind of just started to see the benefit in that. So it's been, yeah, it's been good. Um, everything that's going on in golf now with all the tours competing and the money mm-hmm. going up, I think is only going to help um, in terms of like what we're doing as well. Excellent. Do you have any endorsement deals? Uh, yeah, I do right now. It's uh, a company from Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, it's called Innovative Financial Group. It's a guy that I knew from my hometown, and he reached out uh, about a year and a half ago and wanted to kind of help me out and obviously get some exposure for them as well. So yeah, they uh, cool. they're currently on yeah they're currently on my left sleeve. So if you if you see us on TV at all this week, you can look for them too. Well, we'll be watching for sure. I I find that really um, shocking that they didn't already think about that, I guess, in a way. Like, whoever you're caddying for, whatever their spot, like if it's Monster, and they'd be like, oh, I want your caddy to wear a Monster logo. But I guess, I I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't think about that, right? Like, that seems like a brilliant marketing idea. Yeah, so I think it's one of those, like, most of the players' agents um, typically do those deals for them, and it just might not be something that has got brought up or was even, like, uh, introduced to the company that they were doing the deal with, that, like, their ca- you could put one on the caddy as well, and we're way cheaper than the players. So. <laughs> you need to up, so, yeah, you need to up your, your status. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect, because they, they can get the player, and then they get us for way cheaper. So they get a two-for-one, and the okay. second one, it's like, a, it's like buy one, get one half off. All right, all right. I dig it. A BOGO. Bogo. Yeah, absolutely. There yeah. you go. So any any companies listening, uh, I've got a sleeve open as well. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna put some uh, some notes out there for some people and be like, hey, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I know this guy it's who needs an endorsement market. deal. He needs one. <laughs> Gatorade, if you're listening. Actually, yeah, I like body yeah, armor better, but it's just yeah, I would agree. Personal I would, I would preference. Agree. Okay, so body armor, if you're listening, Colton needs yeah, a logo. I've, Absolutely. On his right. Can you do it on your right sleeve? You can have one on yeah, each yeah, sleeve. Yeah, yeah, my right sleeve. My left, my left one's taken currently. So. Okay, left is taken, right is open. Anybody. <laughs> send, in, send in the proposals. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I won't take up much more of your time. Like I mentioned, I know you, I'm sure you want to relax a little this evening. Um, I do want to ask you one question. Well, I want to ask you two questions. But one question is, I did a little stalking of of you on Instagram, and I noticed that you have a company called High Rollers Cornhole. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so currently that is on pause at the moment. Okay. Um, We were, so I play cornhole, like, on the side as, like, a hobby, and I've been fortunate enough to play on TV a couple times. 
Um, so that's kind of been something, I don't know. I got into it like five or six years ago. My dad and I, there was a league at like our home golf club. We showed up thinking we were like good backyard players and we were like decent at the time, but like there were so many people that had been playing for longer, like competitively that were so much better. Um, so we started throwing and kind of got into that. And then during COVID, it kind of, that's when like, it kind of took off for me because there was not much going on. The tour was suspended, but they were still running these like virtual cornhole tournaments online where you would like, so my buddy had built like this huge hundred by 60 building that had like eight sets of boards in it. And it was like unbelievable setup. And so I would just go over there and they had these virtual tournaments. You could enter online and you would go on Facebook live and throw 40 bags, like four bags down and back like 10 times and like basically score yourself. But you had to be on live for it to count. And you would play against other people. So, like, if you scored 89 and they scored 91, like, they moved on in the tournament. So, we were, like, playing all these. And I started to get, like, pretty good. (laughs) And then, like, there was a qualifier during COVID, like, a virtual one for a tournament that was on NBC Sports. And it was, like, an eight-person thing. So, like, there were three, like, doubles teams and then, like, a men's and women's singles player. And so we actually qualified for that. And our team was team was on NBC sports. Um, so just kind of got into the cornhole community in terms of that and just saw an opportunity for a potential high stakes tournament. Um, Cause I feel like some of the players that are playing and get TV time, there's not really any guaranteed money from the ACL, which is the, the company that, you see on ESPN, the, the league that you see on ESPN. Uh-huh. So we kind of saw an opportunity to potentially host a tournament that was a little bit bigger, bigger prize pool and a way for the top players to potentially, potentially make a little bit more than they've been making uh, currently. And so we opened that up. And then obviously our year got really busy with some success in golf. And so my partner in that, business venture is getting married in September. So we moved the date from Memorial day to like mid December, but then with the wedding and everything decided just to push that back into early next year. So we're looking, we're looking at still doing it. Uh, 100%. The first event's going to be in Vegas when we do have it. And we've already, we have already spoken with a venue there. So all that stuff is pretty much lined up. It's just, uh, when we decide to pull the trigger and go ahead and go ahead and do that first event when our schedules kind of simmer down. Right. Things slowed down yeah. and then things sped back up again during COVID. So I totally don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I look forward to seeing it. And so with that being said, I mean, you're, you're good at cornhole now. What, what would yeah. you prefer? Which would you pick first cornhole or golf? Uh, in terms of playing or yeah. I wouldn't, so I, I tell people this, I wouldn't give up caddying on tour to go play cornhole full, full time. <laughs> okay. And, so you're saying yeah. you're not really that good. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm kidding. But <laughs> if, if there was, uh, if there was some money in it, maybe I would think about it, but I like what I do and I'm happy, happy is cornhole just being a hobby. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. Cornhole could be a hobby. Golf is the profession. For sure. There you go. All right. So if you had to give somebody one piece of advice um, looking to go to college to play golf or pro- become a professional caddy, what piece of advice would you give them? 
Um, yeah, for, so for somebody like going to play college golf, I mean, just try and put yourself around the best players and guys who may have more experience or have played out on tour and things like that, just to, just to put yourself around that stuff. Because that's one thing, like, for me, especially like caddying, um, being around better players and guys with that experience has just I'm not only helped my golf game in terms of, like, when I go play now and just the way I think, around the golf course, mm-hmm. but also also just seeing what the best players in the world are doing. Um, so if you have an opportunity to be around that stuff, definitely definitely give yourself that. And for somebody who is trying to get into professional caddying, just know that it's a grind. Um, no two stories of guys who caddy out on tour are usually the same. Like there's everyone kind of has their path out here, whether it's a friend asked them to come caddy and then they loved it and ended up just kind of sticking with it or whatever it is. I mean, one of my buddies was working a well-paying sales job and decided that he wanted to do it. I got him hooked up at like one event and he went back home, put his two weeks in and <laughs> decided to like grind it out. All right. And he didn't know what, whether he was going to have a full-time bag immediately. Um, and he just was ready to kind of embrace that grind and, that's kind of what it takes at first because it's not, it's not easy and you really don't have a ton of job stability. I mean, you can get hired and fired whenever. Um, there's not full-blown contracts in terms of that. So it's definitely it, – the highs and the lows are very high and very low out here um, sure. doing what we do. But the highs are incredible. I mean, being in contention or winning a golf tournament on a Sunday, like there's not really feelings to – kind of match that so it, it definitely outweighs getting fired occasionally which is going to happen I'm, yeah the life the lifespan of player caddy relationships i wouldn't say are over like a year year and a half really um, on the beach. yeah for sure i mean there's so many guys out here and if players start playing bad i mean they want to make a change and obviously we know we're typically the first thing to go i mean they're not going to fire their agent for playing bad or fire their, I mean, they may switch swing coaches or try something different, but yeah, I mean, typically the caddy is a very easy, easy person to blame, whether it's right or wrong, whether sure. it's actually what was wrong or not. I mean, it's easy for them to switch that up and just get kind of a fresh feeling. And there's always other guys out here. So the pros like at the end of the year, is it maybe one of those things of like, Hey, I'll take your guy. You take my guy. <laughs> Does that happen? Um, I mean, I don't know if, like, the players kind of talk about it like that. I mean, one player might fire his guy, and another guy might say, hey, I think he's a good fit for fit for you or fit for me, and they may try and hire that guy. Um, and there might be conversation between players, like, about if someone's looking for a caddy, about what caddies may may kind of mesh well with that player and be, be a good fit, for All sure. All right, I gotcha. So even though it's, um, let's say – individual sport it's there is that community there where everybody kind of talks to each other and and knows what's going on to it to a little bit in case something like that is to happen where you get let go you may have an opportunity with somebody else yeah for sure I mean I think you're always networking out here and obviously like when you're in a tournament playing with other players like I mean you're not only trying to do your job the best you can but like it's also an impression on them sure um because you never know when, like I said, when you're going to be looking for a job. And so making sure that you're always kind of on top of your game and doing, doing your thing is important in terms of 
just the overall networking in our job. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of turnover and it's, it's expected at certain points. And sure. I mean, you can't, can't expect to have a bones and fill relationship that lasted however many years it did. Um, but <laughs> 35 years but and yeah. counting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd well, be a rarity, not, huh? Not, yeah. Not in counting now for them, but it, it, they had a, they had quite the run and there's definitely some, some of the more famous kind of player caddy relationships that have lasted for a while. I'm very surprised by that. Actually, to be honest with you, I didn't realize that the, um, like being a caddy was such a short lived kind of position sometimes. Yeah. And obviously like that doesn't mean you're like off the tour. Um, when you fired by a player, I mean, typically like, if you have a good reputation out here, you're going to be hired. You can always find like fill in jobs. So like, even if like you go fill in for two weeks or some guys, when they get fired, they might just take two weeks off and kind of start calling and texting other caddies, players or agents to kind of figure out who's looking, who's available and kind of take their time making their next move, depending how much money they've made and how, how desperate they are for work. Gotcha. All right. Golf is, this is, I'm going to learn all of this. I might be like calling you later and be like, okay, figure this out. I, I I know it now between golf and disc golf. I feel like there's a lot that I have to learn because people tell me that disc golf is not the same as golf, but then it kind of is. Yeah. See, that's a world that I've never, (laughs) ever gotten into at all. A couple, a couple guys that caddy out here, they play, um, they might like if they're done early one day, they may go play disc golf in the afternoon. Okay. And yeah. I'm not very good at throwing frisbee, so I never really have had the interest to get into that. I don't like being bad at things. I I am horrible at all things, and I try them all the time. Top golf is my favorite <laughs> golf game, and I had <laughs> the computer beat me one time at, at Top Golf. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel like that's hard to do. I'm not, not sure. <laughs> it is a skill that I have perfected because I constantly do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be looking for a caddy anytime soon. Tell your friends in case they need a job. Uh, don't call me. <laughs> Perfect. I'll let, I'll let them all know. But I will be looking for endorsement deals for you guys. So, yeah. So we'll be we'll be out of the tournament this week. Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. And, um, but yeah, look forward to look forward to hearing from you. And obviously, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. I, I, so y'all are in Detroit. What part of Detroit are you in? Just out of curiosity. Um, so the golf tournament is like, I think it's close to downtown. Um, I mean, it's not in the best area. It's at Detroit Golf Club. Um, okay. The golf course is unbelievable. Um, it's an old old, old school course and um, has, some, has some good houses around it. Uh, leave it once you leave the property. Um, it's a little sketch, but the rest <laughs> of the city, the rest of the city is pretty good. We went to... Uh, we went to the Tigers game last night and Sweet. on Monday night as well. Yeah, so it was it was good. Uh, tonight we're just doing dinner. Um, it's actually Brandon's birthday today, so Aww. gonna meet them for dinner. Yeah, gonna meet them for dinner later. And uh, I'm actually staying out in like Dearborn, which is I guess twenty-ish minutes west. Okay, is that so? Every like, is this like when we like I worked in NASCAR, so like when NASCAR comes to town, everybody stays like in the same area and they kind of all do the same thing. Is that how y'all do things too? Or not really? Um, it just it just really depends. I mean, obviously like like I have a group of friends that like I kinda try and travel and stay with or mm-hmm. have dinner with, like do those things. But it's not like I mean there's play like there's a 
player hotel and a caddy hotel that they have okay. like rates for and deals at, but like not everybody stays with them. Like I'm, I'm a fan of Airbnbs and stuff on the sure. road. Um, kind of having space, being able to cook if I want, et cetera. I get that a hundred percent. And if yeah. you don't have to have a roomie, that's even better too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously sometimes it's nice to kind of have some company or, yeah. I mean, obviously it's not, Hotels are never great if you have to share a room, but nope. in an Airbnb, if you kind of get like a two or three bedroom, sometimes it's nice to nice to have some camaraderie for the week. There you go. We'll stay on the right side of the tracks in Dearborn. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. I'm sure you can figure out what the right side is very quickly there, and also the right side of the tracks in Detroit. Royal Oak is really nice, and Birmingham is really nice. Bloomfield Hills. All of that's very nice, but on the other side, not so much. But yeah, yeah. I've uh, spent a little time there up because uh, the USM was at Oakland Hills. Oh right, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second up there, so I spent a little bit of time uh, up in that area. But yeah, it's good. There's there's plenty of nice areas in Detroit. That's so. and they've been and the Rocket Mortgage is the one that's uh, putting all the money into making the city better. So yeah, you have them. their logos everywhere. Yes, that's accurate. <laughs> That is accurate. Well, I like I said, I'll let you go. I apologize for keeping you so long. I greatly, greatly appreciate your time. I uh, wish you guys luck on your game this weekend. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, obviously, appreciate it being on. And uh, obviously, if we play, if it's coming out next week and we play good this week, we could even uh, do a little follow-up and add it on. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go win it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Not a problem. Good talking to you. Same. Have fun at the birthday party. Uh, Thanks. Bye. All I have to say was that was stinking cool. And I hope that we can hear from Colton a little later down the road. If you want to keep up with Colton and all the PGA action, be sure to follow the links in the show notes. I appreciate you all tuning in and listening. Be sure to go like us on Facebook and Instagram, Blonde Girl Behind the Scenes. And as always, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple and iHeartRadio. Make sure you click that subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you feel inclined, feel free to leave us a review. With that being said, who do you want to get to know? Drop us a line and let's get to know them together. Later, Gators.